This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here goes the last DJ. Wash my hands of this weirdness. Hello, folks, and welcome to this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. Uh, we were out of the studio yesterday, but we are back with an all new brand new show for you guys today i am joined by my co-host tony sanfilippo what is up guys and we are missing ryan wink today yes. he's not here and it, it's weird not having him right next to me flowing so uh we lost him to the singularity he's for the first time ever he's in the singularity <laughs> but we do have tony here and we're gonna have fun today we've got a great show lined up now i uh, want to start the show off as i do each and every day uh with a question you know we've talked in the past about how you know, as guys, we're not really apt to go to the hospital or the doctor unless there's something yeah. really wrong. Tony, have you ever really hurt yourself and gone to the hospital when you probably, or haven't gone to the hospital when you probably should have and uh, figured, you know, it'll just take care of itself? Yeah, um, quite quite a few times. Uh, I don't know if us San Filippo men are just, uh, you know, or ladies too. My sister's the same way. We just don't go unless you absolutely have to. And I don't know if that was just growing up kind of poor and no insurance. We just didn't do it. Now, um, a lot of times there was a incident. I remember moving, helping my dad move some car parts or something like that. And mm-hmm. uh, a radiator had popped off the wheelbarrow and that thing had a sharp blade and totally just Ouch. slit the hand. And to this day, you guys can't see it because the camera's too far. But I have like this weird worm scar. <laughs> I call it the worm. It looks like a, <laughs> that's what it looks like. It's a big, deep gash. Right. Now that thing. Should have totally had stitches, but uh, we didn't go. We just took a butterfly bandage. There you go. Called it good, but... Nothing a little uh, super glue can't fix, right? <laughs> just a little deformity there. That's <laughs> all. Yeah, no, no, big, no big deal. Yeah, a couple uh, months ago, I was moving uh, two cases of Costco water and a case of uh, soda. Uh-huh. All at one. Had a little, like, trolley thing oh, while crap. I was walking along and dropped all of that onto my foot. And uh, luckily, I didn't break it. I was wearing some good, sturdy shoes, but uh, the whole side of my foot was just black and blue for a week. And it was, you know, something that uh, it felt like I broke it at the moment, but at the same time, I was like, you know what? You like? I'll make it. It's through. it still works. Right. Like, right. It, it's just a bruise. We're good. <laughs> if I can deal with the pain, <laughs> right? No problem. So, well, uh, this is one reason that uh, you shouldn't just sort of brush it off or try and fix it with uh, crazy glue. (laughs) 
A man has been filmed casually waiting to be seen at a hospital with a crossbow arrow lodged in his chest. The hapless patient, identified as 21-year-old Mr. Peng, had accidentally shot himself while loading his crossbow. Incredibly, the bolt missed his heart by just 0.2 inches. Footage shows Mr. Peng waiting at the accident and emergency department of Guangxi's People's Hospital in Nanning, South China. He appears remarkably calm as the bolt protrudes from his body. Two men flank him on either side to give him support. The young man was driven to the hospital shortly after shooting the 15-inch plastic bolt into the left side of his chest on June 6. And, uh, you know, I'll post the uh, thing on our Facebook page. <laughs> but the guy's just standing there, shirt off, crossbow sticking right out of his chest. It's crazy how calm he is. Mr. Peng underwent a successful one-hour surgery to have the bolt removed, a doctor at the hospital confirmed. Dr. Lau said, quote, When Mr. Peng arrived, the bolt was about one centimeter from his heart muscle. We spent an hour operating on him, removing a section of damaged lung tissue, patching it up, and stopping the bleeding. His surgery went well. He has since regained consciousness and is in good spirits. He can speak and eat without issue. He will be discharged in the coming days. As he's young and healthy, I expect him to make a full recovery. So, good news for Mr. Pang. Um, it was funny, when I was reading through this article before the uh, show started, I noticed a little gem here at the, uh, <laughs> the bottom that uh, I figure everybody would enjoy. So, uh, it mentions, you know, Mr. Pang had purchased the crossbow online for uh, about 90 bucks in order to hunt with it, but his mom and dad have since thrown the dangerous toy out. It comes just a day after another unfortunate patient turned up at the hospital with a dead fish stuck up his bum. The man, to the amusement of medics, claimed he had, quote, accidentally sat on the fish to cause it to travel up his rectum. Yeah, that, <laughs> I, I totally believe that. Like, right. That happens. I hate when that happens. I mean, jeez. I, I mean, we reported uh, a couple weeks ago about the guy who lost a chopstick up there. Happened to be in China as well. Uh, what are what are these? What are you thinking? There? Like this isn't the Darwin Awards, but that would be classified as a Darwin. There was, there's another one. I this morning when I was getting some articles together, and uh, there was somebody that jammed a, a charger, like a charger cord up their penis like I, like how why how why, why would... <laughs> people are i mean there's just some stupid people right. out there wow right but it... i did that on the face i tell you no <laughs> my name's george but it goes back to you know at least with mr peng you know if you're loading your crossbow if you're loading your gun <laughs> uh make sure that it's pointed away from you don't load it like that <laughs> yeah like that's just common sense yeah, right yeah you know we see that at work all the time they teach you you know cut away with the box cutter right and 90 percent of the time you see people cutting yeah. towards you yeah hence another reason to go to the hospital yeah yeah no it's um it is amazing <laughs> that we've survived uh, survived as a species but uh in any case let's go ahead and talk about today's tuesday show shall we this is taco We've got a wonderful sh show lined up for you, as I mentioned at the top of the hour. We have Rank It with Ryan, but in this case with Tony. We have mind-blowing food history. Ooh. Yeah. Our call-in topic today are aha moments. Those moments where you're sitting in the shower, in the car, a couple glasses of wine in, and you come to a realization or you have a thought that uh, is maybe so profound or wacky that maybe nobody else has had it. 
we have the Phoenix Tank, another installment of uh, Kickstarter gadgets that I'm going to bounce off of Tony, see if he'd be willing to invest in. We have This Day in History, and up next, Tony is going to take us through the entertainment news. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show on a Tuesday, June 9th. Now, folks, we want to hear from you. It's why we have set up the Phoenix line. It is a 24-hour day. Seven-day-a-week voicemail system where you can call in, leave a message about anything. Could be one of the topics we're talking about. You could rant and rave. You could have a late-night drunken just have nobody better to call. Give us a call. That number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. Keep it entertaining. We'll put those together, play them on a future show. And, uh, you know, we're waiting for just one or two more in order to have enough to fill a segment. So uh, start dialing those phones maybe after the show. That way you guys can continue listening. But uh, it is the second segment of the show, and as we do each and every day, Tony's here to take us through the entertainment news. All right, today it is Tuesday, June 9th, and we are going to talk about some reality stuff, reality drama, some good news, and it looks like a prize fighter hung it up. But this is the news, so we're going to roll it off with, again... Some Tiger King news. Oh, I should have gave you a heads up. Yeah, Tiger King. Well, I'll tell you. Next two articles, Tiger King. Hey, are you cool, cats and kittens? Beautiful. There, there we go. <laughs> so this one rolls off that good old Jeff Lowe has signed on for a reality TV show about his new zoo, Ooh, a jigsaw reality. Jigsaw show. reality. Nice. So if you enjoyed the Tiger King, please turn your attention to Jeff Lowe because apparently he's managed to secure himself his very own reality show. The controversial zookeeper tells people that he and his wife Lauren Lowe are now signed for a TV show which will divulge a lot more information about his relationship with Joe Exotic. Sadly not Sarge though. This is Sarge. Um, Jeff said, it'll be our narrative on the Tiger King with evidence to support our sides of the stories. It will be about the transfer of all these beautiful animals from Joe's facility to the new facility and then day-to-day struggle of running something as big as a 60-acre animal park and all the trouble of having the employment of zookeepers and fighting all the animal rights groups. Meanwhile, Lauren hopes to shine a more positive light on the whole roadside zoo thing Just showing the animals going from small enclosures to bigger enclosures, we want to put a bright light on things because everybody wants to put a horrible light on roadside zoos. And guess what? Every zoo is off of a road. It's a legit quote. (laughs) The show is in pre-production right now, and they're filming B-roll while all of the big camera filming will start in a few weeks, bearing any potential coronavirus restrictions i can do that because poor ryan's Ryan's not right right next to me yeah so and as a reminder from a previous story from last week carol baskins won control of joe exotic zoo as a part of the settlement and jeff makes sure that he'll be leaving that one in a state of complete hell as he opens his new park in thackerville oklahoma um 
I got a feeling this show is going to have lots of drama too. There's no way this is a peace, love, and look at the tigers. No, I'm no. Jigsaw. Oh, man, it's going to be a train. <laughs> it's going to be another version of a train wreck of just a spinoff, essentially. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to take viewers through his collection of bandanas and bedazzled oh. t-shirts and uh, jeans. <laughs> Affliction jeans, baby. <laughs> or his affliction shirts. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. So moving on to one train wreck from that show to the next. Good old Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. Oh, man. That just, it's just not been good news for old Carol Baskin lately. I mean, you know. Things haven't been going well no, since she no. murdered her husband. No, it hasn't shot. gone well. You know, the whole forgery document last week. Well, yep. guess what? Don Lewis's daughter is coming out of the woodworks and she's seeking justice over the allegedly forged will. So Carol Baskin's day of reckoning is coming after a sheriff determined the will of her ex-husband, Don Lewis, was a forgery. At least that's what Don's daughter is hoping. Donna Pettis tells TMZ the recent bombshell from Hillsborough County Sheriff Chad Croster, not to be confused with Chad Kroger, <laughs> who claims he's a certain Baskin forged Don's, will make it so that if she inherited the, for the fortune if he went missing, only confirms what she and her sisters already suspected way back in 1997. Donna says the wheel was determined to be a fake by a professional back then, but Carol had her own analyst claim the opposite, and the judge signed off on it. Donna says her family didn't have the money to, or resources to fight her at the time. But they do now. They sure do. Since then, four other exp experts have evaluated the, the will and have decided it is a forgery. Donna tells us she's been meeting with several lawyers and hoping landing one willing to take on this high-profile case and get some justice for Daddy Lewis. She says he, she and her sisters are considering hiring two attorneys, a criminal and a civil, in order to get the ball rolling, but they're still weighing out options. The bottom line is Donna and her family plan to go after Baskin in whatever legal manner is still possible as they want more investigation in the death because he was declared legally dead in 20, 2002. Okay. Yeah, and now Donna's not accusing Carol of killing her father, but she does think Carol knows more. Whatever. We've reached out to Baskin. No word back so far. And the drama just keeps rolling. I got a bad feeling about this. Ay, ay, ay. So, you know, <laughs> it's pretty clear, like, Carol Baskin's in a lot of trouble. I actually could see a future reality show for Netflix, another spin on The Orange is the New Black, with both yeah. Exotic and yeah. uh, Baskin in there. Well, uh, Kate McKinnon has the rights to the Carol Baskin story, and oh, she's working man. on uh, something around that. Um, yeah, it, the, the Tiger King has not past its prime at this point. I mean, there's so much that's going forward just just because of the craziness of everything that went out with that. So, Oh, yeah. And if you listeners out there didn't get a chance uh, to tune in on our last Thursday show, we got to talk to uh, a cameraman from the, not the Netflix Tiger King show, but Joe Exotic TV. Joe Exotic TV. What an awesome interview that was and very insightful. I know Ryan and I were just like... Yeah. Just it was so it it was great. So go back yeah. and listen to it. And he wrote a book based on his time there. Yeah. So uh, well <laughs> worth checking out. <laughs> I was Tiger. All right, moving on from Tigers onto an Irishman. I won't read this in Irish because that'll just be bad. But <laughs> uh, going into sports world, Conor McGregor, he retired again. But this time he says for serious. So Conor McGregor uh, really, really laid it on thick Saturday night after a UFC fight. He posted a shot of a brownie and icing on it and said, Happy retirement, Daddy. <laughs> Today he was spotted jet skiing. Yesterday he was jet skiing around Dublin, Ireland. 
Um, but he just said, thank you for all the amazing memories. What a ride it's been. I've decided to f- retire from fighting. So this is like his third time in four years. Um, it came with another picture of him and his mom and saying he's going to buy our house and hang it up. But back in 2017, he already bought her house and pimped that house out for her. So nice emotion, emotional touches. Maybe he means it this time. However, we'll <laughs> he's retired in 2016 and 2019, but always came back for bigger and better paydays. But this time he told the ESPN he really means it because the game just doesn't excite me. Um, so we'll see if this is true. I Maybe he is retired, but this guy sure likes the limelight. Right. So, Until he starts running low on funds or yeah. throws a chair at a tour bus or whatever he needs you know, to... to you know, satiate that thrill. Yeah, but, he's uh, always in some kind of crazy thing. So, but moving on from crazy reality stars and sports stars that retire and unretire, um, good news for box office fans of the movies. Um, you know, uh, Cinemark has announced a four phase reopening for U.S. movie theaters starting June 19th. So, uh, this is the first big theater chain. They have a reopening planned uh, that's going to give Cinemark the ability to come into that July 17th release window of Warner Brothers Tenant. Okay. Um, while government regulation currently limits theater capacity to 25% in Texas, um, he fully, ex- um, Zordy is. Uh, the guy in the article here expects it to increase to 50% in the majority of the American states and country by the time tenants released. So with the phase of uh, Cinemark, um, they are going to start doing the slow rolls and start showing older movies in their theaters to get you going for about $5, uh, $3 um, matinees, $5 movie showings. So you'll be able to bad. check yeah. that. Yeah, you know, you're going to see stuff you've probably seen, but... Right. They're going to get re-released just to get yeah. you comfortable getting back in. And then... Uh, well, we were talking yesterday. You know, I'd go back and watch, you know, Back to the Future on the big screen or Indiana Jones or, you know, Avengers or, you know, any of those big tentpole box office type movies. Oh, absolutely. I'd totally go back. Yeah. You know, especially if it's, what, three, five bucks. Yeah. It says tickets are discount for five bucks for adults, $3 for children and seniors. There's no upcharges for their Cinemark XD premium large format. So you'll be able to see some of these classics or, you know, recent blockbuster hits on an XD screen for the cheap. And I think it's very smart because Cinemark's the first big, the big branded uh, theaters out there to uh, do that. Um, which means that's good news for Tenant um, because um, Tenant has kept strong. Warner Brothers gave it a very strict July 17th release date. Like they're doubling down, like well, things they will get back. S- they spent a lot of money on that movie, yeah, too. So they need to recoup that. I think they will. If they're, the, the, I don't think anything's opposing it. And if that's going right. to be the big one to get people back, I could see that movie doing really good box, uh, uh, you know, box office numbers. So, uh, you know, 80% of the theaters are expected to be open by that point. And, uh, you know, um, they figured 80% of theaters will be back up. And then there's 10% of, like, independents that may not do it. So very interesting times if you're a movie theater fan or you love seeing your movies on the big screen. Um, no fear. We're about there. And, <laughs> you know, that is, that, that's going to just dance us right into the old birthdays, I believe. Speaking of dancing. Speaking of dancing, we got some birthdays. We've got a uh, a pirate, uh, a princess, a, a time traveler, and some sports people. You ready, kids? I'm ready. All right. Today, Mr. Johnny Depp 
a.k.a. Jack Sparrow, a.k.a. Edward Scissorhands, a.k.a. every other character out there. He's 56 years old, still going strong, good old, yeah. you know, if Lacey's watching, your guy's birthday. Um, Natalie Portman, a.k.a. Princess Padme, uh, she's uh, 39, so she's our age. From She's 81. All right. Born from 81. She right, she's 80. not 80, right. Uh, she was 81. She's very <laughs> good looking case, for 81. Yeah. Woo! Um, and then uh, we'll, uh, I'm going to save the la- my favorite for last, but we got Dick Vitale, who's 80. He's a sportscaster. Yeah, baby, yeah! <laughs> uh, former uh, New England P- P- Patriot. Patriots. Patriots. Uh, Teddy Bruschi is 46 years old, former Patriot. And then last but definitely not least, Marty McFly, Michael J. Fox, is 58 years old today. Marty! That is your celebrity birthdays. That's your entertainment news for... Tuesday, June 9th. That is it. Now, when we come back, we've got Rank It With Ryan with Tony. So uh, Ryan is gone today, but uh, Tony's going to take us through the ranker list. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a few. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. And uh, many of you are watching us on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live. Uh, We're also available on the AUN TV network, about 15 stations, uh, TV stations across Northern California and Northern Nevada. Now, uh, for those of you who want to contact us on social media, you can do so. That uh, best way to get a hold of me is at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram at Christian Phoenix. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. And Ryan, who we've lost to the singularity for the day, you can still get a hold of him on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Ryan.wink or on Instagram at NamesWink. Now, uh, today is Tuesday, and as we do each and every Tuesday, we have Rank It With Ryan, but in this case, with Tony. And while it's normally a head-to-head between Tony and myself, as the music suggests, uh, it's only me here, so uh, maybe I'll play against you guys, the listening audience, and see if you can uh, beat me on this. And hopefully, uh, Tony mentioned he picked a good topic, so I'm looking forward to it. I did, and if you guys are listening or you're watching on Facebook Live, you know, please put it. I've got the Facebook Live stream, and Christian's got it up, too. We see your comments. Drop it in there. Obviously, can't call in, but... uh, you know, right. not for this topic, right. but please drop in and I'll let you guys know if uh, if it was on there or not. Before and I won't look. I won't look, so I can't cheat. Yeah, no cheating, but All feel right. free. Now's the time to go. So today's In Honor of Rank It with my buddy Ryan. We are going to cover the topic of the best thriller movies of the 1980s. Oh, the 1980s. 1980s. Ooh. Best thriller movies. Best thriller movies. Boy, um, 
problem is there's so many that were right around that 1989-1990 era that uh, I, I may guess some that are in early 90s, but uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go for it. Uh, you like it? You yeah. like this topic? I do like the topic. I, I know it's a movie thing. I yep. love this topic. Yep. All right. So 1980s. Um, this is one that may fall into those early 90s, but I'm going to say Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is not in the top 10. Uh, <coughs> which means it probably fell into the 90s because I can't see any reason why it wouldn't be. Yeah, it had to be early 90s. I don't see it in the top 40 at okay. all. Okay, all right. Now, I, I typically prefer not to get hints, but... When you say thrillers, does that include horror movies, or are these just like... Yeah, there's there's action, horror, sci-fi, and yeah. Ooh, okay. So th those are the three types I've seen in. There's even a drama one in there. So There is, okay. Yeah. So All right. whatever you're, you know, of course, remember, this is Ranker, and Ranker's kind of a pain in the butt. Right. Because we, just because you and I think one way, it thinks a whole other way. Well, and yeah, most yeah. people on Ranker are much younger than we are, and so what they remember from the 80s is vastly different than what we remember. So, yes. All right. Uh, so far, no one has put in request. I, yeah. I'm going to give shout-outs to you watchers that just to entice you. I'm going to give you that little nudge. So Andrew Pullman, Michael Yendra, Megan West, Renee Meyer, Billy Smith, or uh, Wolf Lover Morgan. I see you guys watching. Thank you. <laughs> Let us know. Pick some movies. Input. 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 All right. Um, I'm going to say, well, no, that was 1970s. I was going to say Alien, but uh, let's say Aliens. Aliens. Elliot. It is not in the top ten. Let's see. Top ten thriller movies. Um, boy, this is tough when you don't have somebody to bounce off of. Yeah. Yeah, because somebody will say something that will spark something else. Um I could give you, like, every time you say no, I could give you one that's not in the top ten. Okay. If that uh, kind of helps you. Yeah, does that, does yeah. that kind of work? Okay. So, not in the top ten to give you... I'll give you two, okay. since you gave me two. Fair enough. Um, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, number 31. Like, it's down the list. I don't know about a thriller. But. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's here. Um, here's one for you. Um, War Games. Okay. Okay. That was like number eighteen. Uh -huh. So okay. There's two for you. I'm gonna say a movie that I ju we just watched the other day, Gremlins. <laughs> it is not in the top uh -huh. ten. Um, I'll give you the number eleven. Okay. So I'll I'll start giving them to you. That's just outside the top ten. That'll work. Uh, Witness with Harrison Ford and Viggo Mortensen. Ah, that was number eleven. That was a good one. Okay. Boy, nineteen um, eighties. See, the problem is every time something yeah. pops into my head, it's like, oh no, that was early. Yeah, 90s. and I'll give you hints too. Don't get too lost in the horror fantasy stuff. Like, there is a good mixture in this top ten of sci-fi action, and when you when I read them to you, I think you're gonna go. You're going to have, right. just to kind of plug our future, you're going to have aha. Aha, aha moments. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. How about Terminator? The Terminator. Very good decision. However, it is not in the top ten. I am sorry. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. How is that not a thriller? Yeah, I mean, that's I an edge-of-your-seat type movie. The Abyss is number 13. Okay. All right. Random, yeah. 
How about, and still sort of in that sci-fi horror theme, The Thing? Ooh, very good one, my friend. Very good indeed. But good enough to make the top ten? Well, let's see. Scrolling, scrolling. Uh, unfortunately, it is not. You get ten. nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. The right. the thing is, uh, it's it's in the top forty though, but it's not okay. top ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Okay, um, I'll give you I oh, fri- yeah, yeah, yeah. Friday the thirteenth. Okay, not top ten, but number fourteen on this list. Okay, all right. Um, I mean, Halloween was seventy six, seventy seven, so I won't say that. Um, still sticking with horror. Let's say um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Not in the top. <coughs> Wow. This is a tough one, huh? Uh, but okay, so that is, I think that should be right. Just to kind of quote Ryan, like I feel like that should be top ten because that was intense. They have Fright Night on here, really number sixteen. That Fright Night. Wow. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. Let's go action genre. Yeah. Um, That's probably your bread and butter. Okay. Wink, wink, nod, nod. <laughs> now, I know uh, Die Hard was, you know, 1990, 1991-ish. Um, I don't know. Tony's giving me a look, so let's say Die Hard. That's the number one answer. Boom, shakalaka. What was that? I, I thought 1988. Was it 88? 88. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. It was based on a 1979 model. Or model. Wow. Novel. Novel. Yeah. Novel. Very <laughs> novel of you. Yeah. Die Hard, 1988. Number one on Ranker. Hey. If I don't get any other, You got the I number, got number one, one movie. Yeah. yeah. And when I do the top 10, when this segment's over, you're going to be like, oh, man. Or, or there's going to be some you're going to be like, nah. Yeah. Nah. No. Actually, for thrillers, yeah. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. There. Um, to give you one, since you got another one, uh, Red Dawn was number 21 with Charlie Sheen, okay. Patrick Swayze, and Leah Thompson. I, I didn't know Leah Thompson was in that. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I enjoyed that movie. Um, no one's chimed in. So you are totally defeating the audience. I am. I, I see. Am. And thanks again, guys. I see you watching. It doesn't count if you guys say it in your yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. You got to chime in. Um, boy, let's stick with action genres. Again, I, th- I think it might be 90s, but I'm going to say The Fugitive. Ooh, that was it's a good it's, I mean, that is a good pick. But I do think that is 90s because that is not in the top 10. So I give you, this is dumb, but the number 18 movie, The Hitcher with Jennifer Jason Lee and Rutger Hauer. That was a good movie. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. Number 18. Okay. All right. Um Going back to sci-fi, and uh, time-wise, we'll go ahead and make this my last one. I'm going to say Blade Runner. Ooh, well, that would be a good call, Christian, because that is the number seven movie on this list. All right. Well, we've got about a minute left in the segment. Tony, go Top ahead and 10. take us ten to one. Ten to one. Number ten, The Running Man with Arnold Schwarzenegger. How is the thing not better than The Running Man? I know. It's ranker for you, but Running Man, number I 10. I enjoy it for its cheesy possibilities. Yes. And I, I assume now Total Recall somewhere on that list. Maybe. Okay. Sorry. Mad Max 2. Okay. Is number nine with Mel Gibson. Fair enough. The Untouchables with Robert De Niro and Sean Connery, number eight. That's a good one. Uh, Blade Runner, of course, number seven. Scarface with Al Pacino, number six. Okay. First Blood with Sylvester Stallone. 
five. Now, First Blood was Rambo 2, right? It was Rambo yeah. 2 First Blood. Yeah. That was always confusing to me. Very confusing, but that was number five. Okay. Escape from New York with Kurt Russell. Uh, four. Yeah. Batman, 1989. Oh, Batman, right. number three. <laughs> and then RoboCop was number two. And Die Hard was number one. Okay. That was All your right. that was your uh, top ten. Uh, apparently, according to Ranker, thriller of the 80s. You know, I'm not mad at the list. Uh, I'm going to take this commercial break to go kick myself for not getting more <laughs> of those. But, uh, folks, when we come back, we have mind-blowing food history. We'll leave it at that. Boom. See you guys in a few. To join the conversation, call 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. Now, back to the show. And we want to thank you guys for sticking with us. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. Now, if you missed a portion of the show, want to catch up on a previous show, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to americamatters.us. Click on the Shows and Podcasts link. Scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. You can get just about everything you need there. Or if you have a favorite podcast platform that you get your podcast from, go ahead and head on over there. Find the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest episode. Leave a review and tell your friends, as always, sharing is caring. Always. 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 All right. So in this segment, wanted to take you guys through, you know, we, every day we do this day in history and, and talk about things of the past. And, uh, you know, yesterday we weren't here for Put It In Your Mouth Monday, where, uh, you know, I asked my co-hosts about some uh, unusual food items and whether or not they'd put it on, yeah. in their mouth. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Ryan would have said yes to all of them. And, and he's good. I love that he's the adventurous type of the show. Yeah. 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 So, but wanted to take you guys through a little bit of food history and uh, things that'll sort of blow your mind uh, that, you know, as I was going through, I was like, I had no idea. So, in any case, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and go through that food history. Get in my belly! So, at one time, lobsters were so plentiful in the U.S. that they were used as fertilizer. Yep. So, yeah, it wasn't wasteful. There really were so many lobsters in the States, seas, that they'd often wash up on beaches uh, in 60 centimeter high piles, obviously this article is probably from anywhere besides the U.S. at the using <laughs> centimeter. <laughs> right. Native Americans uh, made smart use of the bountiful supply, using the then common crustaceans for tasty meals, effective fishing baits, and of course a nutrient-rich fertilizer. That's crazy. Who would have known? Yeah. Now, now you pay forty bucks uh, just for a lobster in a restaurant. Yeah, abs- just they got the they got really good meat for being a sea creature. They are. Know? They're like the potatoes of the sea. Yeah, <laughs> or at least they were at one point. <laughs> right. Um, Cornflakes were originally invented to discourage. How do I do this in an FCC friendly way? Self pleasuring. What? I'll repeat that. Cornflakes were originally invented. Invented to discourage self-pleasuring. I feel like that's the more you know time for that, right. for that sound bite. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Wow. I think I've got it around here. Yeah, there it is. Right. Wow. <laughs> yep, the crunchy breakfast staple was invented by Mr. Kellogg, who believed that enjoying anything from food to other experiences counted as self-pollution. In other words, if you've always found the cereal a bit boring, 
well, history's on your side. So, uh, you know, he made a bland cereal to uh, make sure that you didn't enjoy it too much. Of course, now uh, with Frosted Flakes, they cover it in sugar, and it's quite enjoyable. Yeah. yeah, I don't know anybody who actually gets, you know, the old school Kellogg's Corn Flakes because... They are pretty boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are just planned, and they add the chicken on it, right, or that green the rooster. rooster. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they get soggy fast. No, no totally. Yeah, no. no thanks. I'll take Tony the Tigers. <laughs> All right. Uh, up next, a spud-loving French pharmacist used to put guards around his potato patch to make the vegetables seem valuable and then remove them at night so the potatoes would be stolen. The In the 18th century, Antoine Augustin Parmentier was doing everything he could to make the potato popular. Parmentier's PR stunt included serving tons of potatoes at his lavish 20-course dinners, getting celeb endorsements from people like King Louis XVI, and presenting bouquets of the plant's blossoms to kings and queens. And so, uh, you know, uh, obviously the potato, which is about as boring as cornflakes, uh, he did everything he could to, uh, you know, push the PR on that. Wow. I love how that article says I, celebrity endorsements like back in the 18th century, you know, King Louis. Louis the Sixteenth. hey. I love potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> now, he's not the one who was, uh, you know, in the uh, Mandela effect. We were, I think that was Louis the Eighteenth. Oh, yeah. That was a different Louis. People know. thought had the, the chicken drumstick. Drumstick in, in there, yeah. Yeah. Here's one that's uh, sort of yeah, crazy. The potato. It, yeah. If you think about uh, like the cuisines of certain cultures and certain nations, tomatoes are not native to Italy, potatoes are not native to Ireland, and chilies are not native to Asia. So all staples of food that we think of for those areas today, not so much. Crazy. Does it say where they're... Uh... Were they associated? Most with? of them came from South America in the Colombian Exchange, which also gave the rest of the world corn, cacao, or chocolate. Cacao, chow. Sweet potatoes, peanuts, and a bunch more. Hmm. Okay, there's some good stuff in there. <sighs> yeah. All right. Here. I'm getting a food education here this morning, ladies and gentlemen. I did not know these things. <laughs> Here's one. You think, uh, you know, again, sort of Italian and... You go, oh, you know, the fanciest of all the Italian breads, ciabatta. Ciabatta's mm. been around forever, oh, right? Such a good bread, yeah. Yeah, you know, actually it was first made in the 1980s. What? Yep. Say what? Yep, your favorite traditional loaf was actually made in 1985 by an Italian baker as a response to the popularity of French baguettes in his home country. Well, that's good. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Did it say what year in the 80s? Or yeah, 85. 85, yeah. wow. Yeah. I'm older than Chia Bada Bread. <laughs> Who would have thought, man? Hey. Now, I love it, man. Those uh, like pre-done uh, Chia Bada Rolls at uh, oh. Costco. Yeah. Ooh. Or you go to an Italian restaurant, they've got the slices that you dip oh, in oil yeah. and vinegar. and Super so good. good. Or was that uh, outside of Disneyland, the La Brea Bread Company? Yep. Delicious. So. Very good. Yeah. Or Earl of Sandwich. Oh, yeah. Yep. Gosh, I wish there was an Earl's. I'm kind of hungry. This, this food talk, All right. man, this this muscle monster protein shake is not holding not me Not doing over. the trick? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's one. So black pepper was once worth more than its weight in gold. Ooh. So you can go to Costco now and get the giant pepper shaker for three bucks, four bucks, whatever it is. Or... I was going to say, during this pandemic, man, they, they could have had a lot going for them. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, the spice was so expensive that when... Alaric the Goth conquered Rome in 1410 A.D. 
he asked for 3,000 pounds of pepper as a ransom. Something to think about when you grab your pepper grinder for dinner. That's pretty awesome. I like black pepper. Yeah. I like it freshly ground up, you know. it's mm-hmm. You know, it does add to it. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> That'd be funny if uh, Fort Knox was just filled with uh What do you have in there? Do you have pepper? gold? No, I have black pepper. <laughs> no peppercorn for you. So, I enjoy some good pepper. You know, we yeah. take a lot of these things for granted. Yeah, you but, don't think uh, about it. You know, the other thing I was thinking about the other day, and this sort of goes to the aha moments, is, you know, think about a time before refrigerators. Jeez. What you had to do just to keep meat cold, you had to eat it fresh. Well, yeah, there's right. no there's no hoarding that for a week or two, you know. Like, I'm notorious for that, unfortunately. Right. I'm like, oh, crap, it's two weeks expired. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right, here's another mind-blowing food fact for you. The ancient Greeks actually had waffle irons. Oh. We uh, went on a hunt this weekend for uh, a good <laughs> waffle. Unfortunately, we ended up at uh, International House of Pancakes. And we didn't even get a waffle. Not quite the best, but uh, yeah. So they were often intricately designed and were used to make wafers rather than fluffy waffles. But still, the concept was the same. Take some batter, put it between metal, and whatever sweet stuff you can get your hands on, voila, you've got voila. a waffle. Yep. Ancient Greece. Oh, that's good. I like waffles. I'm making waffles. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. Uh, in European invaders left islands full of feral pigs behind as backup food supplies during their trips to the New World. And so uh, actually not a bad idea, you know, And for the uh, indigenous population, something they could use. Um, I heard that feral pigs are mean, though. No, oh, yeah. There was always there's uh, always warnings. If uh, I remember going, uh, we talked about Hawaii uh, off air a couple of days ago, and I remember there was pig warning. You know, feral pig right. was there. So you're like, oh, all right. Watch out for pigs. Watch out for the bacon. It's gonna get you. Travelers placed herds of pigs, cows, and other animals on islands along their journeys around the world, so they'd have fresh produce if they were stuck. And yes, of course, those animals went wild. Uh, you can still find feral horses on places like Sable Island for that reason. And we've got wild horses here in Nevada that, uh, you know, obviously they don't use them for food, but uh, are probably the result of people moving west and then just abandoning horses. And now yeah. we get what we get. It makes sense. Yep. It's one of the few states where I've seen that, you know, that does, that's not like a thing in Colorado, you know, not, not to my knowledge. No, no. Nah. Uh, there might be, but... All right. Uh, during World War II, British people made mock bananas by adding banana essence to parsnips. That okay. sounds disgusting. It doesn't sound enticing, you know? Yep. In 1940, the British Minister for Food ordered a complete ban on banana imports. It's safe to say the affected countries missed the fruit. Dance hall legend Harry Roy came out with a song called When Can I Have a Banana Again? <laughs> and home cooks tried to make their own alternative versions. And uh, actually, I found out a fact uh, a couple of years ago that bananas as we know them now are not actually bananas. They are some different fruit, you know, bananas, uh, you know, 60, 70 years ago. Uh, those were a completely different fruit that have since gone extinct. Crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. I only know of the bananas that we know today. Yeah. But that was my favorite song. I'm glad he wrote a song about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, it's my favorite. It's, it's on my constant uh, Spotify loop. It's playlist. on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on my repeat list. And then, folks, as we head into the break, I'm going to leave you with this. 
Uh, in World War II, speaking of which, there was once a German plan to feed Churchill an exploding chocolate bar. The plan was to place chocolate-coated explosive in Churchill's dining room. The package would have detonated about five seconds after the bar had been unwrapped, but MI5 agents caught wind of the plot. Gives new meaning to the phrase, death by chocolate. Oof. Folks, stick with us. When we come back, we have our call-in topic. We're headed in the long break, but uh, we'll see you guys on the other side. See ya! Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We are in the second hour of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. This is Tuesday, June 9th. I'm here with my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you holding up so far? I'm holding up, man. It is great to be here in studio for the second week. I mean, I'm missing Ryan on the show today, but it's you and I. And I'm having a blast, man. This is, this is always good. Yeah, we're going to have Ryan back tomorrow. He had to take care of some things this morning. But uh, in the meantime, you got me and Tony, and we're having a good time. So hopefully you guys are as well. Now, uh, speaking of you guys... Hey, you guys. Uh, or hey, you guys. There you go. Yeah. Even better. Uh, this is an interactive program. This is the audience participation portion of the show. We want you guys to call in at the end of the segment on the topic I'm about to give. That number is 844-790-TALK. Again, that's 844-790-8255. Toll free from anywhere in the world. So if you're waiting in a emergency room with a crossbow bolt in your chest and decide, hey, I need to chime in on that, you can do so and we pick up the ticket. Yeah. So today's topic are those aha moments, those things that uh, you realize or you come up with that are either profound or wacky, whether you're just drifting off in the shower or you're a couple glasses of wine in in the evening or uh, just driving to work on any given day and you realize, huh, I wonder if anybody else has thought of this. Or if you're just listening to aha, take on me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, maybe uh, you come Take to some realization. <laughs> I just realized I can't sing. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, again, at the end of this segment, we're going to open the phone lines. We want your aha moments. Again, that number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. So, for me, uh, you know, one example is... I'm constantly thinking about advertising and marketing. You know, it's been a huge part of my life professionally for so long that, uh, you know, I'm able to see the world in terms of pretty much everything is advertising. Everything is marketing. And the other day I was brushing my teeth and came to the realization that, uh, you know, those blue indicators on the bristles that tell you, you know, as the blue wears down that it's time to replace your yeah. toothbrush. Your brush is bad. Please replace me. Exactly. Yeah. They do that for the sole purpose of making you buy more toothbrushes. 
Makes sense. In it's... all reality, your toothbrush is probably okay. You know, it only lasts about 15, 20 days. And, you know, the bristles usually aren't, you know, totally frayed and, and off kilter. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, the American Dental Association or Oral-B or whoever it is, they want to sell more toothbrushes. Got to so, sell them, man. Yeah. So they put that little indicator on there to say, hey, you know what? Your toothbrush is no longer good at this point. But in reality, it probably is. Uh, the other one along those lines is, uh, you know, replacing your mattress every eight years. You know, realistically, if you've got a good quality mattress, it'll probably last longer than eight years, even though you hear those, like, horror stories of, uh, you know, dead skin cells. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, if you don't think about that or if you got some uh, grimace, grimacey on there and stuff. <laughs> See, I'm a cheapo because I still have my mattress for, like, right. It's like 10 plus years. Yeah, but, but rotated every yeah, six months, it's every year. super comfy still, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it's and one cheap. of the... cheap. No yeah. one to spend that yeah. kind of money. And don't get me started on expiration dates. I mean, that's... We oh don't have gosh. enough time for it. But uh, Tony, any aha moments that you've had that uh, you, you wonder know, if I've anybody got, else has had? Yeah, I've got two... Um, you know, like one of them's kind of just so silly yet so simple and so obvious. And uh, I told you this before the show... Um, it it took me a long time to realize that, you know, with traveling and stuff, I, I rent a lot of cars, I drive, you know, and uh, it took me a long time to realize, like, next to the little gas symbol, there's an arrow, it's either left or right, it's just a tiny little triangle, but that's the indicator of what side the gas tank's on. For a long time... Yeah, I was always like, oh, crap, what side's the gas tank on? Well, you'd have to get out of your car yeah, and yeah, check. Yeah, look, and be like, crap. Yeah. You know, at Costco, that's not a problem. The, uh, the more, here's an aha moment for you guys. The hoses reach. So it doesn't matter when, if you go to Costco to get gas, just know that thing will, you know, it'll reach right. to get you. But for me, it, it took a while to realize like, holy crap, that little triangle this whole time <laughs> tells me. So yeah, that was a total aha moment for me. A total lame one, but... Uh, I actually appreciate that people at Costco don't realize that because my gas tank's on the right side where most cars it's on the left. So you yeah. get people just lining up you know, on the left-hand side and then usually the right side is, is far less or even open. Right. And I can just pull right up, get okay. my gas and yeah. So another aha moment I had, you know, the first was a little more profound. This one's a little more on the silly side, but, uh, you know, we've got three dogs at home. Two of them are pitties that, uh, you know, the pit bull breeds are, are known for, uh, you know, whatever they digest is, uh, they're very sensitive <laughs> stomachs. Let's put it that way. And so, uh, you know, we joke that our, our dog Tahoe, if, you know, if he doesn't have the top shelf water, he has stomach issues. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, we pay for it. But if you think about it, dogs' noses are whatever it might be, a thousand times more sensitive than our noses. Now, when they cut one, are they a thousand times more grossed out than we are? Because I can't even imagine that with as oh, sick yeah. as that can, you know. It's uh, no pun intended from the last one, uh, but it's rank. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, you know, those are sort of the, the silly, profound thoughts that we want from you guys, the listeners. Uh, we're about to open the phone lines. Again, that number is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Give us a call right now. Just let us know. Have you had one of those just strange thoughts that, uh, you know, maybe nobody else has ever had or uh, most people don't realize? And again, it can be profound or silly, but don't be shy. We know people are watching. We know people are listening, and it's all in good fun. 
So chime in, again, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Phone lines are now open. When we come back, we want to hear from you folks, the listeners. See you in just a few. Are you shy and don't want to talk on the air? Text us your questions or comments to 775-237-2266. Now back to the show. And we are back. This is Kershaw Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. And unlike what the announcer said uh, before coming back, we want to hear from you. Don't bother texting. No text. Uh, of course, you could reply in our Facebook Live, uh, you know, various watch parties or uh, videos that uh, we've got on there. But uh, this is the interactive portion of the show. 844-790-TALK. That's 844-790-8255. We want to hear your profound or silly aha thoughts. You know, I gave the example of, you know, the toothbrush indicator, uh, you know, basically just trying to sell more toothbrushes because otherwise nobody would buy any. Uh but, you know, it's it's not about me. It's not about Tony. Again, it's all about you guys, the listener. You, 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 and you, and you over there, too. Yeah. Yeah. For for those watching. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're <laughs> listening, yeah, even that. You in, the, you in the back. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we're having fun. We're talking about those aha moments. And so uh, hopefully uh-huh. we get a few people to chime in. But uh, in the meantime, pulled up a list of uh, other people's aha moments and uh, i'm gonna go ahead and run through some of those while we wait for those phone lines to light up light up baby the first one is one that i know tony can appreciate a redditor says being able to tolerate the sound of your own voice in a video is probably the highest form of self-acceptance yeah and i know tony <laughs> uh, often rips on himself uh you know when we record whether it's audio or video or whatever it might be and uh i'd agree with that yeah, I would say for me, it's, you know, as long as you guys are okay, now, like, no one ever complains about it. I think I we are all our own uh, worst critics, and mm-hmm. for whatever reason, I do not like the sound of my own voice. But, however, I enjoy doing this, and I enjoy uh, being a part of it. And a lot of people give good feedback, so that's that makes it positive, and I feel like being in studio and doing this more on a daily basis and... I'm getting more comfortable with right. it all, you know. Like the video took a long time to get used to when we were doing our podcast. So yeah, it's yeah, you have to just pretend it's not there and right. just it's a conversation between you and I, just people are listening or watching. Right. That's all. Yeah. And it's one of those things that uh, you know, the way your voice sounds in your head is much different from the way it comes out and you know, I've been doing this sort of thing for so long that I'm just used to it by now. Yeah. So. All right, here's another one. The night before a day off is more satisfying than the actual day off. True. Profound, yeah. I I would agree with that. It's something you look forward to, and the minute you can walk out of your uh, 9-to-5 job, or for me, the 9-to-6 job, Mm -hmm. um, at the end, it is rewarding. And then it seems like when the day off comes, it's... Like a blink of an eye. Right. It's so dang quick. Right. It disappears or you've got other things to do that aren't as satisfying as, <laughs> as you know, at right. least the anticipation of having the yeah. day off are. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here 11 plus hours a day during the week. And so when I get off on Fridays, uh, that is the most glorious time. Oh, you know, absolutely. I leave here about 630 in the evening, 
go home and it's just that sort of freedom knowing that I've got the next couple days to relax and, and not have to deal with work issues, even though I, I love what I yeah. do. Two yeah. days off sounds glorious. I'm just saying. <laughs> In a row. <laughs> In a row, man. Split days, not, not a lot of fun. That's tough. Yeah. 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 Uh, but again, not about us. We want to hear from you guys, yeah. the listeners. Give us a call right now, 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Hopefully some of these are sort of sparking those like, oh, yeah, and then you guys can yeah. give us a call. Shout but, out to my bro, Lee Harris. He's watching. I'm just tossing your name out there because I see you on there. You should call in. Yeah. Call in, buddy. I'd like to hear from you. No harm, no foul. Give me some aha moments from the depot in Washington. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's one that uh, actually is, is very smart. The man who invented internet is 80 years old now. If Al Gore? I doesn't say specifically <laughs> who it is. I don't think it's Al Gore. If you see him walking down the street, you'll think he's just another old dude who doesn't know how to use the internet. Back in my day, I created the internet, you little son of a biscuit. <laughs> I created AOL. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, it's you know, we sort of take for granted that the older generation can't really use the internet, has some issues with it, and in some cases it's true, but in other cases, you know, my dad, for instance, he's he's very internet savvy, and we take it for granted. But the guy who invented the internet, if he doesn't know how to use it, that's there's bigger method, problems. Yeah. yeah. All right, here's one. Uh, Pavlov probably thought about feeding his dogs every time someone rang a bell. Oh, yeah, and the uh, whole dinner bell, like chow time. Yeah, so, you know, Pavlov famously did the experiment that, uh, you know, he would ring a bell and feed the dog, ring a bell, feed the dog, ring a bell. So he would associate the bell with feeding the dog. And in the dog's mind, it associated food with the bell, start the salivary glands, and it was a famous experiment. This sort of turns the tables and uh, you know makes Pavlov think about feeding the dog every time a bell rings. Oh, there you go. Very, very profound. All right, uh, still no callers. We've got six minutes. No callers. There is time to call in. It's funny. Some days we've got a bunch of callers. Calls, yeah. I love the one. interaction when they call, I too, do too. You know, days they don't, we just got to stretch you with our own aha moments. Well, whatever the topic is, that being aha today. Right. You know, one aha moment I've had is, you know, I put a lot, this kind of goes back with the whole radio, you know, like you put a lot of pressure on yourself with that. I do that in just everyday life. I'm a big people pleaser. Like I like to make sure my family, my friends, uh, my coworkers and everybody's, you know, having a good time or they're taken care of, you know, and, and it's taken a long time, like in my management style to realize that you don't have to please everybody. You're not going to right. please everybody. Like, it doesn't matter how nice you are, how available you are. There's always going to be somebody that's pissed off or upset. And and it's okay. Like, you don't have to. And it just took me a long time. Like, you know, aha, don't, I, I get it. I, do, yeah. I don't have to please everybody. And I've learned that a lot doing a schedule writing process, you know. Right. <laughs> uh, my schedule partner, Annie, she, she texted me this morning. She's like, oh, this so-and-so is... Uh, Look at them. They're, they've changed their schedule again. They are not happy with their schedule. And, right. and it's just an everyday thing. And we're at that point where it's like, man, no surprise. Okay. Well, and along those lines, you know, it's a conversation I've had with Jesse many times is, you know, she's always concerned that other people, especially her bosses, are always thinking about what she's doing at all times, which really isn't the case. I think there was a comedian that said, you know, you're the star of your own show. Absolutely. So in your show, you're the star. Everybody else are the supporting cast. 
but for somebody else, they're the star of their show and you are the supporting cast to them. So it's one of those things where, uh, you know, people aren't thinking about what you do 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, you're the only one thinking about that. Yeah. That's crazy to think of like that, you know, because it is true. If if we all had TV shows, we are the stars of it, and uh, everybody else is just a little uh, a little side note there. Dang, still yeah. no callers. No, no. Come on, chime in. Sometimes we have those days. Don't yeah. be shy, mama. Things won't get weird. Or maybe they will. No big deal. Here's one. If a morgue worker dies, they'd still need to come to work one more time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good aha moment. Oof. <laughs> um, here's another one. Again, a lot of these are very profound. If elevators hadn't been invented, all the CEOs and important people would have their offices on the first floor as a sign of status, as opposed to the top floor. There you go. Yeah. Well, I ain't climbing those stairs. You can <laughs> climb those. <laughs> um, still waiting for those phone lines to light up. But, light up, uh, baby. You know, we're making it work without you guys, but uh, yeah, we always love the audience participation. Yeah. We love seeing... Um, you know, what you guys think. And, and uh, you know, it's why we've set up, you know, these segments for live call-ins and why we've also set up the Phoenix line for you guys. You know, we have a lot of people who watch and listen to this after the fact, you know, maybe not necessarily live. And so that's why that's there. But, uh, yeah, again, don't be shy. Don't be shy. And that number, if you need it, again, is 844-790-TALK, 844-790-8255. Here's one. People don't really want to go back to a time when the world was simpler. They want to go back to a time when they didn't understand how complicated the world has always been. You know, you hear a lot, especially right now, you hear, you know, we, we live in the worst time in history. It's, you know, this is the, the, the so awful. Well, you know, it's the worst time maybe in your history. Yeah, but, but if not. you think about like the Middle Ages, yeah, who would want to live in that period of time? No, and I think that's just the way life is. You know, there's peaks and valleys, and right. you get some good times and there's some bad times. And unfortunately, yeah, there's a lot of bad, but there's also there's good too. Yeah, so medicine is better, food is better, yeah. people are living longer, technology, the whole Te fact you can connect with uh, family, just uh, whether it's a Zoom call, FaceTime, whatever. The whole fact you can be connected like that, it's pretty dang cool. Yeah. Compared to where we were, shoot, just like when we graduated high school 20 years ago, just the thought of that stuff. Or what was it when we watched uh, The War of the Worlds last night and the uh, <laughs> and the whole actually camcorder, you know, like some right. big old camcorder recording the events <laughs> where if that was today, it's just the phones. it could be like live streamed, you know, like those trickery videos of uh, <laughs> the UFO <laughs> over Singapore or whatever. Uh, here's one that uh, may fall under the unpopular thoughts, but uh, we give rude elderly people the benefit of the doubt because they've been through a lot. But there's a decent chance that old person has been an a-hole their entire life. A-hole. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's true. It's true. You, you've got great people. You've got uh, some people who have grown to become a-holes, others who have just been that way their entire life, and they refuse to change, and that might be the case. I have a buddy like that back in Colorado. I like him, but he is an a-hole. Like, he is. I'm not going to say his name on the air, but the dude is kind of a pain in the ass to be around. Okay. That's fair. All right. And finally, in aha moments, before we head to the break and go to our next topic, 
Babysitters are teenagers who behave like grown-ups so that grown-ups can go out and behave like teenagers. That is a good aha. Wrap your mind around that. Folks, when we come back, we have another installment of the Phoenix Take. Phoenix Tank Kickstarter gadgets that uh, we'll see if uh, Tony's willing to invest in. We'll find out. I got my wallet open. Let's do this. All right. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you guys in a few. Want to expand your advertising dollar? Sponsor this or any America Matters program by calling 775-827-8900, extension 2. Now, back to the show. And welcome back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. Now, uh, we have set up a a 24-hour-a-day, 7-day-a-week voicemail line called the Phoenix Line. Goes to figure that uh, we've got somebody who's calling in now. Probably about our call-in topic, but uh, unfortunately, just a little, too little, too late. But uh, with the Phoenix line, the nice thing is it's not time-sensitive. You can call in at any point. You can talk about the aha moments. You can talk about anything whatsoever, and that number is 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O, or 855-336-4973. Like I said, on any topic, you can just check in. You can tell us how you're doing. You can rant and rave. You can tell us if we're wrong about something. We're not too ashamed. Keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show, and as I mentioned earlier, we're about that close to having enough to fill an entire segment. So uh, please don't be shy. Uh, they it's are. It's going to be fun. I'm, I'm curious There's to see what's calls. on there. Yeah. 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 Maybe even a uh, appearance from our friend Juan Pablo. Oh, maybe. Maybe. All right. So uh, in this segment, we are doing something that we do every once in a while. Something I like to call the Phoenix Tank, where we uh, explore some Kickstarter gadgets. I throw it to my co-hosts, in this case, just Tony, as Ryan is out today, and find out if they're willing to invest. So uh, this is this installment of the Phoenix Tank. All right, so first up, Tony, go ahead and uh, flip over that first one, and I'm sharing with our watchers what you are seeing at the moment. It is known as the Smart Hen. They are seeking $80,000 for this invention, of which they've raised about $1,400 at the given moment. And uh, so the Smart Hen, uh, author says, developing a device that keeps baby chicks warm and looks like a mother hen. This is great for backyard farmers who keep their chickens in a separate brooder and the babies are without a mommy. Usually people get a few chicks at their local pet store and stick them in a box or brooder with a 24-hour heat, uh, yeah, heat light and no place for the babies to hide. You can see the chicks huddle up in the corner trying to hide underneath one another. They did this. They felt bad. It's very inhumane and unnatural. To change that, they made the smart hen. Now your chicks will have a mom to hide under and stay warm. It can also be used for animal rescue facilities when an abandoned chick Needs to be kept warm and safe. Goodbye, scary and dangerous heat lamps. And so it looks like a giant stuffed hen, giant turkey with a power cord coming out of its butt that you plug in. Apparently keeps the chicks warm, safe, it's natural. And uh, so basically, Tony, if you had chicks 
or we're buying chicks, and I'm not talking <laughs> oh, about. Oh man, the, do I wish I had chicks, <laughs> ladies? Not talking about the female variety. <laughs> um, is this something you would invest in? Yeah, if I was a, uh, if I, you know, had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. <laughs> and <laughs> no, Tony was his name out. <laughs> exactly, and I and I had little chicks, and I needed to. I think that's a cool, cool invention. It's a cool little idea. I mean, personally, normal Tony wouldn't buy this, but. Farmer Tony would invest. <laughs> I mean, I you know, so it's they're trying to hit a goal of eighty thousand, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I wouldn't. It pay doesn't cost you know yeah. per. Um, no, but it, it looks reasonable. It looks you know, it's not gaudy looking. I mean, it looks like it. Did the chicks look happy in the prototype? So mm. yeah. Yeah, at retail at least you know for the Kickstarter campaign is a uh, about forty dollars between forty dollars or forty nine dollars gets you the chick warmer, twenty dollars gets you a replacement skin. That's kind of disturbing. Yeah, um, you know I assume when Mama's dirty, you can right. get a replacement <laughs> for only twenty dollars. And while the picture you guys are looking at looks sort of like a full fledged just stuffed hen, what really drew my attention was the video that looked like some sort of cyborg robot chicken that has like this panel in the front, and uh, I don't know if it's lasers just, coming out or, or what. No, I'm but, thinking uh, the the intro to Robot Chicken. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Oh that, my that's gosh. actually what drove me to wow. it. Wow. So, oh, it actually has a camera built in, so you can monitor your chicks as well. Oh. So I guess that's one version of it. But uh, yeah, you know, for those uh, wildlife fans out there, this might be something and to look into. And that seems to be a growing thing. I know my ex roommate Sarah and Paul. They went and got some chicks, and uh, and uh, I see that uh, one of my friends she sends me Snapchats uh, from her cousin's house, and they have chicks too. So. Well, as our uh, menagerie grows in the house, as we've recently got bunnies and toads and bunnies and dogs. And, oh, I've yeah. already heard of the amphibian the amphibian exhibit coming soon. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesse wants to get box turtles, and um, we we had considered chickens in a chicken coop, yeah. But we back up to BLM land, and there's coyotes running through there all the time. Pretty sure they wouldn't make it. So. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm out, but, uh, you know, if, if it was something that uh, I considered, hey, it might be worth it. Absolutely. All right. This next one up on the Phoenix Tank is um, marketed as one thing, but my guess is that it's more of an excuse to make something else. Yeah. It is a distillery kit to make moonshine-style hand sanitizer. Most people will leave out the hand sanitizer portion of it and just make the moonshine. Um they are seeking $5,000 for it, and they've already reached about 4692 so they're very close to their goal. The report says, with the recent coronavirus pandemic, everyone has rushed to the stores to buy hand sanitizer. This has caused a major disruption in the supply, and it's almost impossible to get hand sanitizer now. For that reason, on March 26th, the government is now allowing people to make ethanol, also known as moonshine, to produce hand sanitizer. All you need is sugar and yeast included in the kit, and a simple permit to be able to legally make alpha ethanol. I don't know how simple that permit's going to be no. to get. I want to make small distillation kits so that anyone at home can make hand sanitizer. There are also other fun things you can distill, such as vinegar or distilling dirty or salty water into fresh water with the small distillation kit. Again, I don't see how many people are making hand sanitizer with it. I assume that uh, they're going to use it for their own... Uh, Homemade moonshine. Moonshine. Yeah, this this 
prototype looks ridiculous. It just looks like a steam pot with like a coil up top. Uh, you know, I'm not going to invest in this because I would rather just go to Costco that's been rather uh, ample with stocking, you know, Germex or their Moxie. That's the other brand they carry. Right. I would, it just seems easier. Like I'm kind of a lazy person sometimes i'm not a lazy person but when it comes to something like that i would rather the instant gratification of paying ten dollars and having a bottle right versus going through and making my own it just doesn't seem and if you're making alcohol to drink again easier to do by going to costco and just picking up a a bottle of whatever yeah i don't need to do something that's gonna make me go blind or something i have to like wave my hand okay good right good well, I, see, I see 20 fingers here. We're good. Right. Well, you heard about, you know, the early moonshiners who were blowing up their sh- uh, sheds because, you know, the, either a seal, it was overly sealed or whatever. It may yeah. be something pinched off. And last thing you want in your kitchen. But, uh, yeah, you can tell with this one, you know, he rushed it to Kickstarter. You know, some people make these amazing Kickstarter videos and these really long descriptions. This is very plain and simple. But he's got a fairly small goal of $5,000. And the kit itself is $69. So, uh, nice. Not bad. If you are if you are creative and you got a lot of time on your hands, then kudos to you so this next one actually goes right along the lines of hand sanitizer and what we were talking about so if you make your own you can get the millie the millie is a portable wearable disinfectant bottle (laughs) they are seeking five thousand six hundred forty three dollars and have since raised a whopping sixteen dollars (laughs) <laughs> That's it. Well, I, w- I would have gone with the vanilla over manili. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, the description at the end of this quarantine, life will go back to normal, which raises the question, what if there were a second wave after the barriers are lifted? Sequel. We had to think about something that can be added to people's lives without being a burden, but must be effective in terms of keeping people safe. Scare tactic. (laughs) While protection like gloves and masks can minimize the risk of infection, you can still carry corona on your glove and spread the virus on whatever you touch. We wanted to design something that enables all people to disinfect. By doing so, we can assure no one transports the virus and no one receives it. The design went through several stages and settled at a minimal yet effective design. So for those of you watching, it's basically a ring that has a tiny little squirt bottle glued to it and uh i'd hate to see what the first version of this looked like yeah well this is (laughs) looks awkward i didn't even know that was a ring on that hand it's uh first off that that hand needs some like polish on them nails but i digress (laughs) like who's gonna wear a freaking bottle on their finger like what an awkward thing you're like what's on there oh don't worry that's my millie (laughs) we're fully foolproof from coronavirus What a dumb invention, man. I mean, kudos, thinking outside the box, trying to be a little creative. But uh, $16 kind of speaks volumes here in the investment. uh, Well, and they're talking about, like, non-intrusive. This uh, is almost a full-size squirt bottle Yeah, over three fingers. and Purell or even Germex, they have it smart. Like, those little clip-on ones that just clip to your key ring. They go in that little rubber, and it's... It's accessible. It's on you. It's tiny. It's invasive. You know, it doesn't interfere. But that thing looks ridiculous. Yeah. Well, the best. Hey, fist bump me. You got a milli? I got a milli. <laughs> Together we are double combined and safe. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. That's it, a no for me. Yeah, the best inventions are ones that uh, fix a problem. This one, I think, is more of a problem oh than what gosh. it fixes. But, uh, folks, that does it for another installment of the Phoenix Tank. Phoenix Tank. I'll be sharing these on our Facebook uh, uh, page just in case you guys feel like you want to invest something you want to get. <laughs> if you want to get a Millie, Please do so and share it with us and uh, tell us how much you love and or hate it. So, folks, when we come back, we're headed into the final segment of the show. And uh, even though Ryan is not here, we are talking about this day in history. Folks, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Unable to listen to the whole show? A recording of today's program will be available later today. Visit americamatters.us and click on the podcast link. Now, back to the show. And we are back to the show. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is a Tuesday, June 9th. And uh, thank you guys for sticking with us. We have made it to the last segment of the show. Always the most sad segment, but, uh, you know, we enjoy dropping a little knowledge, a few laughs on you. Now, if you missed any portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, whether it's through video or uh, audio, you can do so. Head over to americamatters.us, click on the Shows and Podcasts link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. You can get just about everything you need there, or you can head over to your favorite podcast platform, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, so many more, about 20 in all. While you're there, be sure to subscribe so you always have the latest one. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Sharing is caring, as always. Well, we don't have Ryan today, but that doesn't mean that we're not doing this day in history. Again, we love dropping this knowledge on you, and hopefully we can make you laugh at the same time. For us in the globe, for the stories that turn the world on its head, it's this day in history. With your correspondent on the beat, Ryan Wink. All right, so kicking off this day in history, feels like just yesterday that it was the year 68. Oh, I loved right. it. That was, that was a year I partied hard. Yeah. Well, the next year was, yeah. Oh, yeah. So in the year 68, Roman Emperor Nero commits suicide, imploring his secretary Epaphroditos to slit his throat to evade a Senate-imposed death by flogging. Ooh, that, what, a, what a happy story. Yeah. That, that was yeah. great. Brother Nero, is his name? Uh, Roman Emperor Nero. Oh, Roman Emperor Nero. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Senate-imposed deaths. Sound familiar? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> death by flogging. Was that uh, whipping? Was that? Yeah, I think that was, Ooh, yeah. That'd be a terrible way to go. Death by flogging. In year 68, <laughs> Brother Nero was flogged to death. Yeah, that's, uh, oof. All right, uh, 1856, 500 Mormons leave Iowa City, Iowa, and head west for Salt Lake City, Utah, carrying all their possessions in two-wheeled handcarts. I don't know what that distance is, but I wouldn't want to, you know, basically do a, a wheelbarrow from Iowa City to Eww, Salt Lake that's City. That's got to be almost a thousand miles because it's five hundred miles from Denver to Salt Lake, and that's also about the halfway point from here in Reno, going that way to, I don't know, in wheelbarrows, huh? Yeah, yeah, wow. all their possessions, and um, you know, for those who. Don't follow Mormon history, and we're not a you know religious or political show at all. Uh, interesting thing to read up on, especially oh. if you are a theology type person. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. 
Here's one for you. In 1869, we have the very first instance of a fantastic drink that people enjoy today. Tony, for bonus points, can you guess what that drink is? Malibu. <laughs> Princess Yum Yum. <laughs> yes, 1869 was the invention of Princess Yum Yum. Yes, in 1966, Princess Yum Yum took over the nation. <laughs> To make future Tony very happy drinking his Princess Yum Yum. <laughs> I think... Uh, is it an apple teeny? since I'm having a... It is not. It's actually non-alcoholic. Oh. Uh, so in 1869, Charles E. Hire sells his first root beer... Root beer. ...in Philadelphia. Now, he was a pharmacist, and as with a lot of sodas back in those times, root beer and Coca-Cola were actually used as medicine as opposed to a refreshing drink. Hmm. What like what did it cure? Uh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was back in the time when you know they just share some root beer, kid. Like right. you'll be better in seven to ten days. Yeah, it's like snake oil. You know, people. You had the traveling salesman who went around and be like, snake oil solves everything. Herpes, hepatitis. You're like, I need this snake oil. This gentleman is talking about. Or back then, it would have been. Uh, um, I picture a Simpsons skit there, you know, like, everybody take my money, you know, or a Futurama. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up in 1899, American boxer James J. Jeffries, or Jim Jeffries, not the comedian, knocks out (laughs) defending champion Bob Fitzsimmons in England in the 11th round in Brooklyn, New York, to win the lineal world heavyweight title. And surprisingly, you know, you figure 1899, everybody had those weird handlebar mustache. Yeah, Von Kaiser from uh, uh, Punch-Out. Exactly. They all fought like this. Fisticuffs, Um, let's go. I'm from (laughs) Brooklyn. You want to go? My name's Fitzsimmons. I'm going to knock you the F out there, boy. So 1899, Jim Jeffries was a... uh, not a comedian, but a Ladies and boxer. gentlemen, new champion Jim Jeffries. <laughs> in 1914, Honus Wagner is second to get 3,000 hits. And for those of you who know the name Honus Wagner, if you own his rookie card, you are a millionaire. Oh, I don't have that. So I, I continue to just have my box of old school Don Russ and Topps cards that doesn't have Honus on there. Yeah, uh, I think we all would have wanted a Honus Wagner rookie card. Honus That's Wagner. one of those things that if I traveled back in time, not, not to the early past, but, uh, you, you know. You'd pull a McFly and yeah. you'd, you'd acquire. I'd get the Almanac. Yeah, you'd get the Almanac sure. or at least have the uh, Honus yep. rookie card. Yeah, mint yep. condition, pristine. Don't worry, I've daydreamed about that crap before, too. I'm like, if I could, I totally <laughs> would. In 1930, sh- Chicago Tribune reporter. Boy, that's a mouthful. Chicago Tribune Chicago Tribune reporter Jake Lingle is killed during rush hour at the Illinois Central train station by the Leo Vincent brothers. The Leo Vincent brothers, see? Allegedly (laughs) over a $100,000 U.S. um, dollar gambling debt owed to Al Capone. Oh, yeah, see? You you dance with the devil, man. Play with fire, you're going to get burned. Don't mess with the Vincent Don't brothers. Don't mess with see? the Vincent brothers. Hey. Apparently, there were. A this gang- would have been perfect for Ryan to talk in that old timey voice I there. Know. Yeah. Apparently, there was a gang uh, or gang members known as the Reno brothers. Don't know if they have anything yeah. to do with the city, but I wouldn't be surprised. I remember in uh, Ghostbusters 2. Oh my God, it's the Scolari brothers. <laughs> you know them? Friends of yours? No. <laughs> Had them tried for murder. 
1931, the first rocket-powered aircraft design patented by Robert Goddard. Again, going back to first that I wouldn't want to be a part of. Oh, man. Anything rocket-powered aircraft, count me out. No. It worked well for Tony Stark, but... Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Speaking of celebrity birthdays, this is no one that I know you omitted, so that way we could do it here. Mm-hmm. In 1934, the first appearance of Donald Duck in a cartoon... And the cartoon was The Wise Little Hen. That was pretty good. Not too bad. That's pretty good. I was trying not to be so loud and blow my eardrums or yours right. or the listeners. <laughs> well, and we've talked about it in the past, the new DuckTales. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good. No, Very it good. is Very actually good. Donald Duck Day, right? It is. National it is Donald Duck Day. National Donald Duck Day. Too bad Disney Day. is still closed and we can't celebrate no Donald Duck Day. That's okay. He was such an angry little duck. Yeah. Yeah. He had a temper. <laughs> he had a temper like my buddy Ryan. Yep. She called my buddy Ryan Donald. <laughs> Donald. In 1943, and it is about that season, pay-as-you-go or the withholding U.S. income tax deductions were authorized. I don't know what they looked like before that, but uh, anything having to do with taxes are uh, not so much fun, and I know they've been extended, and I still got to file mine for this year. Yeah. I don't know about you, Tom. No, I did mine uh, BC before Corona. Ah. Yeah. Money's come, money's gone. Here, oddly enough, in 1945, another cartoon classic birthday, this time not Disney, but Warner Brothers, a gruesome twosome starring Tweety Bird premieres in the U.S., no. So it's not only Donald Duck's birthday, it's also Tweety Bird's birthday. You know, I was not a big fan of Tweety Bird. Kind of a kind of a punk bird with a big head. I agree. Like no. antagonized Sylvester all the time. Yeah, poor Sylvester. Oh bad putty tat. <laughs> putty. <laughs> um have you watched on HBO Max the Looney Tunes cartoon? I know we started watching it the other day a little bit. We, we did watch the one, and I was, I, you know, I, you and I discussed it on the one I watched with you. Um, I like that they went old school, like it was uh, animation short, kind of gave it a real feel of the old Looney Tunes. Right. Yeah. But humor-wise, I don't think it was quite there. And no. then found out... Uh, very... Uh, with the times today. Yeah. 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 They, uh, Elmer Fudd no longer has a shotgun or a hunting rifle. Yosemite Sam no longer has his six shooters, but there's still Acme explosives. Uh, Elmer Fudd has an axe, a scythe. He, he like had a death. scythe. Yeah. I was wondering, like, what's more scary? A scythe or, I'm sorry. He, he's running around with the Grim Reaper chasing Bugs Bunny. Right. Like, right. what's the, it's cartoon violence, yeah. right? That's more PC. It's, right? it's been uh, very uh, Looney Tune esque, like, to have the gun and it usually would blow up. You know, they used to stick their finger in it and it would backfire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's the world we live in today. All right. 1958, back when music was. Good and pure. Yeah, it was very good. People, People Eater hit number one, a song by Chev Woolley. I like Chev Woolley, man. We're friends. I time traveled. Me and Chev had a beer once. We had root beer. Oh, you and Chev. Chev. (laughs) Chev? Chev. 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 Chev Woolley. So I time traveled, and I called him the wrong name. I called him Chev. That's why he looked at me (laughs) weird with my life preserver on. All right, 1971, Paul McCartney's album Ram Goes Gold, one of the ones that few people remember. Yeah. Did he do a solo, like, during the Beatles as well? No, it was no. shortly after. Oh, okay. 
Dang, when when did the Beatles break up? I know we don't we're almost out of time, but uh 73, 74. Oh, that's a bummer. Say. Yeah. That's a bummer. And then finally, I'll leave you guys on a Hot note. Hot. 1980, comedian Richard Pryor suffers burns from freebasing cocaine. Ooh, yeah, that happens if you're going to play with it. Yep. He survived, but was never Obviously. quite the same. Quite the same. Folks, that <laughs> does it for another episode of the Christian Phoenix Show. We've got Ryan back tomorrow. Hopefully you'll join us, and we're going to have more fun. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. We'll see you guys later.